No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at a party, saw an old friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. The one and only Cali Plug. And I just thought to myself, I know Cali Plug has a wild story. I wonder if he's got any interviews out there. Hit YouTube, searched up Cali Plug interviews. Kind of lacking. Yeah. The yeah. story has not been told as many times as I might have thought. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about you over the years. Sometimes bad, to be totally honest. Sometimes a little bit of salt. Mostly positive, though. It seems like most people Blessed. appreciate the hustle. I just figured, you know, it's time. We got we to gotta have a conversation with Cali Plug and find out what this trap life is really all about. Let's go, man. Adam, uh, appreciate you bringing me out, man. It's been it's been a while. Definitely a long time coming, man. Definitely, man. Man, you got our, our display here covered with oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff. We got some some. Yeah, some that's crazy. the dually. That's two flavors right there. Wow. All right. So you, you're a, a marketing kingpin over oh, here. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but so let, let's get a little bit of early life. Where's Cali Plug from? Well, I was born in Michigan, Motor City. The first week I was born, my mom left my dad and came out to California. And I was out in California for a little bit. My, my dad talked a good game to my mom. Ended up going back to Michigan, was raised in Michigan, back to Cali, back to Michigan. So you can see I had that Motor City Midwest hustle with the Cali swag. You already know. Okay. And you got put onto the weed game early? Or what was life like out when you were doing your California thing? Well, man, I always liked like underground. Like from hip hop to just what was ever was on MTV, skateboarding. I just loved whatever was like just kind of frowned upon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so... When I was four years old, I was watching MTV, like Coolio, Gangster Paradise. I knew all the words, all the songs. Beavis and Butthead, I watched all that. And like, I was that MTV kid. And know? it's hard for the kids out there to understand that if you were interested in the counterculture or metal or, or hip hop or anything, it's like you pretty much still had to watch MTV. <laughs> yeah, man. I love Green Day, too. Man, when the Dookie album came out, I loved it too bro yeah me too yeah. that was actually the so, first punk album that i ever got here, into yeah. great album 1994 yeah. i think yeah okay and so you were drawn to like what, what did you get into first well i was sick on aol instant messenger when i was like eight nine ten years old we have I mean? a lot of weird With, crossover between our stories here. I know, same I know. thing man bro like that 56k modem bump mm. now my parents would never get me cable or dsl internet because they knew it'd be a problem they knew i'd be Doing some crazy hacking, building some, but mm -hmm. it's kind of a good thing they didn't, kind of a bad thing. I might be a computer tech. I might not be the Cali plug right now. But that being said, uh, I was crazy on AIM. I just would talk to girls, holler at all day, be in chat rooms, just talking, you know, talking to women older than me. I was eight, nine, 10 years old, just on websites all day. And just, I really was infatuated by hip hop. And then weed came into the picture when I was 12 years old, tried weed at the time it was Reggie's, you know, boom. I was hip to like the chronic and the dro too. I was hip to better weed, but you know, it was just Reggie's at the time, you know, mm. started selling weed when I was about, say about 14, you know, bringing a uh, nickel sacks to sc uh, school, eighth grade, freshman year, bringing sacks to school. So you just had that hustle and this was the obvious thing to sell to you. You were never like a candy salesman or anything. Uh, I can never hit it off with anything else. You know, I just never had that entrepreneurship with those type of uh, verticals, you know, just but, like the margins too much. Yeah, dude, when I was 14, like I had a whole 
diabolical plan. Like, I'm going to sell this, get this eighth, flip this, get to an ounce, once I get the ounce, the QP. And it just always went wrong. Mom finding the stash, older kids taking advantage, leaving in my homie's car, break-ins. I never could really pass that threshold of being a successful weed dealer as a teenager, you know. They would never let me get a cell phone. My parents always taking the cell phone away, uh, always getting the computer and the internet taken away. So I never had the logistics to really flourish when I was between the ages like 14 to 18. Okay. And so when did you, did you move to California after high school? Pretty much. I came out to California after high school, as you can say. Uh, when I was out here, I moved in with my sister. She's an, she's an aspiring actress. Well, she's actually an actress. She's done hella, hella movies and commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to my sister. She's a dope individual. Basically moved in with her. Boom. When I moved in with her, everything was cool, and then a roommate kicked me out. Like, no, I gotta get the f- out. And then my sister's like, yo, I'm gonna drive you to the airport. You can just get out, go wherever, go to Michigan, go to, go here, go there, go to Vegas, just get out, get the f- out. I'm like, no, I'm not leaving. So I went over to my neighbor's house next door, uh, next door building, Jade, Jade Genius, that's my boy, shout out Jade. And uh, his brother was real f- at the time. And his brother's actually an emanated, uh, Emmy nominated producer. He's like multi millionaire, like, he was real. F- the time and he's like yeah you, you can stay on my couch just give me 200 bucks i was like whatever bro boom 200 bucks i was always that couch surfing you know what i mean mm. just you know trying to figure it out getting where i fit in and like anybody who showed me love then i showed them a hundred times more love now since i'm up and successful it's my perception of success obviously mm. but yeah jade let me move in and i was doing good boom and then from there, little situation happened at Jade's crib. Boom, I had to hit the streets after that. And I was at the streets. What kind of situation? Oh, man, bro. You can bring Jade on here and ask him, bro, but it's okay. insane. An epic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cocaine, crazy shit, this, mm. all types of crazy Migos, okay. all types of crazy I'll let Jade, you'll bring him on one day, trust me, and he'll okay. give you the whole story. But basically, hit the streets. I had nowhere to go that, that day. I was like, what the f- you know, we got kicked out the apartment and we were kicked out and I'm like, I got to get it now. I got to learn. I got to learn the streets. I got to learn. I was just doing the Valley thing, Ventura Boulevard, Sherman Oaks, Studio City. I was just living the good life, bro. I was like, man, I don't, I uh, will go to Hollywood once a week or check out Hollywood or go downtown. Downtown was nasty back then, tell you the Still truth. Still is. I love it. Little pockets of nice. Yeah. Yeah, so basically uh, I had to learn, I had to learn the streets, man. I had nowhere to go that night. Uh, I went to the Roosevelt hotel and just stayed up all night. You know what I mean? I got some crazy stories about the Roosevelt, you know, just trapping there, uh, going by the pool, meeting out of towners and English people and Australians selling them dope, you know, selling whatever I had on me, weed, Coke, uh, pills. So you're selling everything at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would, I'd actually be up there with Nipsey. Nipsey would be up there like almost every day handing out CDs. Really? And then Nipsey just loved me. He's like, yo, insane dog like you don't stop i'm like i don't stop bro and so nipsey would just pick me up in his van him and his homie uh shady blue uh r.i.p shady blue they would just pick me up every day and we just drive around smoke weed and just kick it like i didn't know what the f- was going on at the time like i didn't know about all the other but i was just like was just, it gang and know about any of that you know how much you might not want yeah, to be in I that know. car all the time yeah. we actually bumped into suge knight one day and they want they wanted to they wanted to sock his ass but i, I was like whatever I'm, you know really? at the in and out on sunset but you said no no, Nipsey. No, no, it no. I'm happening. like, nah, they're like, we should, we should jump it. I was like, nah, bro, that's, what, what are we going to solve by that? You know what I mean? This guy's huge, too. We'd have to like, Holy yeah, shit. yeah, it's a crazy story, bro. If there's yeah. footage of Nipsey jumping Suge Knight, that no, would be no, that, part yeah. of the history books, R. for R. sure. R.I.P. Nipsey, yo, he definitely had faith in me. You know, he loved the brand, uh, just like my whole alter ego, and he loved my hustle, too. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like the the image of your hustle there that as soon as you got kicked out the spot, you were just posted up at the hotel, just trying to meet people yeah. and just you could also ask, uh, sorry for interrupting young yeah. Berg too. young Berg hit maker. He used to see me up there. I used to be giving them all Skittles and pills and 
you love me too, bro. He's like, yo, you about to blow up, bro. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. But so you never had any kind of legal problems from selling drugs for all these years? Uh, just minor stuff, minor stuff, just like little sh you know, just caught with a couple ecstasy pills when I was 18. Mm -hmm. Just always, I was always a Skittle man. You know what I mean? Skittle uh, man. Yeah. Uh, when I was 16, they, they busted us in Detroit with a quarter of weed. They, the case never got pushed. You know, they didn't really give it. was devil's night. We were egging hookers in the D, me and my homie Yanni. We're egging hookers and I held the weed for him. He's like, you hold on to it for me. I'm on probation. I held on to it for him. It was in my little North Face pocket in the North Face jackets, you mm -hmm. know, the fleece. There's like two pockets and like the cops patted me down like four times. They just knew I had some on me and they found it and they went and called my parents at 3 a.m. They had to pick us up from the police station. My parents were so pissed at me. Really? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm very blessed that nothing happened after that. You know what I mean? But I, I've always kind of noticed this dynamic uh, throughout my years being out and about in L.A. where there's a lot of drug dealers who specialize in, you know, uh, not not necessarily designer drugs, but like drugs that mostly appeal to a, a more affluent uh, crowd, you know, selling coke. Selling ecstasy pills, selling perks. Tussie's big. Tussie's huge right now. Ketamine's huge. That's K. huge in LA as well. Yeah, man. It's off of Coke, bro. Coke's like old news. Get that away from me. What really? Like, where the Tootsie at? Where that at? Where the K at? Let's, let's turn up. Let's get in the K hole or something. With the Tootsie? I've done it one time, bro. Was it everything it's cracked up to be? You know what? I'm not, I don't like doing rails. I don't like snorting, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but like, you got to do the bomb, Tootsie. You got to get that from Colombia, bro. You got you to gotta have some Colombian. But it's like a too. combo drug, right? It's not just one compound. It's like a bunch of combined. Yeah. Like I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Chips Ahoy comes out the ground like you that, know, you know, Burning Man pack or a Coachella pack, you know, get your whole little mix up, you know, just fixed up. I'm just at the point in my life where any drug that I could take that's going to make my heart race and make me feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin just doesn't really sound like a great idea. Yeah. Same here. I got to have full control of myself. You're over it at this yeah. point. Okay. But like, what I was going to say is that the people I know who go to clubs and parties and sell these types of drugs to affluent customers, it seems like they can oftentimes operate for long periods of time without ever having to interact with the cops. The cops set up drug busts downtown and in the hood and like that, but it doesn't seem like they really give a f about some guy selling lean or the guy who's selling pills to rappers and like that. Like this just isn't of interest to the cops mostly, right? Well, you got Skid Row, you got fentanyl's big, Trank's big, you exactly. know, you got 10,000 zombies down there, you know, that are just off the hard you can imagine. We actually got raided one time on Hollywood Boulevard. We were okay. doing a pop-up at Kushmart, the old Kushmart. We got raided there one time and it was something to do with high times. We were beefing with high times at the time and we're almost positive they set it up, but it wasn't a big deal. It had to happen. You know what I mean? But that case got thrown away. So very fortunate. It was just some bullshit. It was a legal raid. It was just some weed. They arrested like 15 of us. Uh -huh. <laughs> Gave us all $30,000 bails. I bailed everybody out. Okay. But so when when does uh, shipping packs become part of your repertoire? Well, I was always like fascinated by shipping packs. And I always like wanted to like learn the game. And, you know, people have been shipping packs since the 70s, 80s. Like it's nothing new. Like so when people are like, oh, you're hot, you're burning the game. No, that's old, bro. That's not even game anymore. A 16-year-old can ship a pack if they want to. Right. But when I was, i say about 22, uh, I was with a lot of my Chicago homies, and they were coming out here looking for bags, and I would source for them. I'd go find them bags, go to a couple of trap condos, distros, and shit, boom, 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 just my people's places, and I would have these bags. But before that, what transpired was the name on Snapchat, Cali Plung name on Snapchat. And what year did you start around okay. with Snapchat? So in 2014... I locked down the username Cali Plug on Snapchat. Okay. When I got that username 
on Snapchat. That's where I'm at today is because of that. None of this would have happened. None of these billions of dollars would have been generated for the economy. None of these brands would have been helped. <laughs> None of these families would have been fed. Nothing would, I wouldn't even be here today. So shout out to my bro Bannister and all my homies going crazy on Snapchat, Damien and everybody else, because they were all reckless on Snapchat. I was like, daddy, for kids, bro. Like, and, and so just to interrupt real quick, this is crazy to me because I remember in about the year 2012 or 2013, I did a little bit of pack shipping myself back to the East Coast. As you should. As you should. Every great American should. And I remember it occurring to me, I could make the most epic YouTube video if I just film like you know we can go to a different spot so we won't burn our apartment out or whatever but we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to make it like obscure it a little bit but film the whole process of wrapping and, and packaging it film someone going into the post office then film them coming out and then film it on the other side and just make a video about how this happens all the time now the problem was we were actually doing that at the time so I didn't really want to air it out but I always thought like that's a brilliant YouTube video concept right there. And then when I was doing my research last night, I realized you were basically doing that on Snapchat. So let me run this back. <laughs> I locked the username down. I had my homies from Chi-Town coming out here. I had all their bags. So I would post their bags all day. And people were like, yo, let me get one. Let me get one. And they were searching the name Cali Plug. And I was like, let me send you money. Let me send you money. And keep in mind, this was an opportunity window at the time because all the banks you could deposit money without IDs between like before like 2016, Chase, BOA and Wells, Wellsy, you can literally deposit money in somebody's account and you didn't have to show ID. So anybody with an account could get money deposited in. It was really easy at the time. So that was definitely an advantage. And uh, I started shipping packs to random people on Snapchat. And I started, you know, I started from the bottom and I ran it up, bro. I ran it up and it was just the timing, getting the username, the banks being able to, you know, happen. Uh, Trump coming into office was a big big thing too, I think. I think everybody was broke when Obama was in office. Uh -huh. And when Trump came into office, there was like a cash flow and there was like a green rush. And it just, it really helped the whole the whole Cali Plug story. Yeah, I just want to show before that the dude who was in here before, this is his weed that he forgot here. Bro, I don't even want to, I want to help, bro. I, I gave him a free zip, so don't even worry, bro. Oh, that's why him he left it. Told him I'll be in Chicago this weekend too. I got him again. Okay. It's just like total shake. I mean, it's not shake, it's just like the bottom of the pound, but... Um, okay. But so tell me about what you had to learn about shipping, because okay. when you search this online, you find a ton of crazy different, uh, suggestions and ideas for what you need to do in order to yeah. get that over. And I know the game has changed no, no, over no. the years, right? Everybody thinks they got special sauce, like double boxing, foam, triple vac, you see on it, whatever their sauce is, it's their sauce, bro. You know, originally when I jumped on Snapchat, I would show the whole process. Mm. And that's how my following grew so rapidly and astronomical. And I expedited my, my brand so quick, bro, mm. was I was able to show the whole process. Now talk about burnt. This is the hottest it gets. I'm talking about vacuum sealing, putting the box together, going in the post office, like doing a selfie, telling the lady, thank you, whole receipt, this, showing people it's a touchdown, really establishing that trust with the end consumer that didn't know me. You know mm. what I mean? And so people are just searching the name all day on Snapchat. They're like, yo, this guy's real. Oh my God, this real. Like, what the? Yo, I got to send him bread right now. I'm like, okay, send me some bread. Like five bands, 10 bands. I'm like, oh shit, I'm up now. Like, like that quick. And you always set the product. Yeah, I always, always touch down, bro. Never, I have, I've never even lost one. So motherfucker, there ain't nothing even against me. I've never yeah. even lost a box before. Back then. Golden gloves, baby. Back then. Floyd. Uh, how would you intercept the payment? Were you worried about that? Uh, no, nah, man. It was just we'd use other people's ACs. Other other people, sometimes Walmart to Walmart, sometimes, you know, hit the Chevy, hit the Chase, you know, sometimes uh, MoneyGram. You know, money in the mail, I don't really like that shit. People, you send them money in the mail, but then it creates another variable. 
And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, you want to assess your whole your whole routine as strategic as possible. You don't want to be able to make any type of L's. I never lost the weed, but we lost the money one time and that kind yeah. of put an end yeah, to it's our, not worth it, bro. our little passion project. It crushed your whole dynasty, <laughs> Yeah, brother. they took the money and then I was just like, yeah. well, fuck, I can't even do anything about this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I report to the, the, yeah, the trappers, yeah. the trap gods. Kelly plug. Yeah, you yeah. you keep like kind of doubling your money or like fifty percent in your money over and over, and then it all goes away, and then you're just like, well, I'm not well, going to start from scratch, right? And it's sad because ninety eight percent of these guys are in revolving doors. They're losing their boxes in their mail. They're losing money at the airport. TSA is jacking their money. Their cousins are sending them up. Their friends are breaking in their house, stealing their boxes. It's a whole mess. A lot of people are just doing it for the clout and the lifestyle. All these people coming out to Cali shipping packs, there's no way to win. There's no way to win. They're, really? Yeah, because you can send 10, lose one, and then you're set back. And then how do you quantify your time and how much is your time worth a day? Mm-hmm. Your time's worth at least 20 bands a day. Right. Yeah, so it's like if you spend all day shipping packs in a city, it's like, yo, I, I need to make this 20 bands plus this 20 bands. You right. know what I mean? And the margins are pretty small these days, right? Yeah, you know, you can only get a couple points depending. If you go overseas and you're, you're in Spain or the UK, mm. you're going to get a lot more bread. But anywhere in the US, you're, you're fucked, dog. Like, we literally educated the whole market. I've taught people what the prices are through my Snapchat and Telegram. Like, and that's one, one thing that, like, we've always helped people. Like, that's one thing I'm always going to push in this interview is, like, we've done nothing but help people, mm. you know? And one thing I've uh, heard from people, too, is that 2012, 2013, it was it, – obviously, there's levels to weed, but it's kind of like weed was weed. And then as time goes by, the customer just starts getting so much more particular because they know what they're buying and they want specific strains. And so then, like, the the mass quantities of getting stuff out there just becomes a lot more difficult. Is this true? Yeah, dude. We're, we're in a candy world. You know, obviously, majority of people, you know, they want the best shit. There's a lot of imitation, glasshouse, greenhouse shit. I only fuck with indoor. I only fuck with indoors. Uh, so I don't fuck with nothing else, bro. You know, but at the same time, that's a small market of people. M- majority of people in the country smoke debts. Mm. And so the debt market is huge. The debt market kind of fluctuates with the indoor market. Right now, I- indoor pack goes anywhere from 12 to 2,000, a good candy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it could go up or down depending on what time of the year or if there's some shit going on. And it's got to be a lot less competitive or, or more competitive now because it's there's so many more legal states that don't have to yeah, worry bro. about getting weed from Cali, right? Yeah, Oklahoma got thousands and thousands of grows. Every day a state goes legal and there's more grows and they got to get that shit out. And then, you know, my Asians are killing it. They're all over the place. My Armenians are killing it. My Russians are killing it. They're all over the place. And they, they flood shit, bro. Motherfuckers flood shit. They don't, they don't play around. Right. They, yeah. they put the foot on the gas. And the game has changed so much, too, because you don't have, like, the low-key underground illegal weed shops like you used to. Oh, right? that's done. And that's, we broke the barrier with that too, Adam. We, we made it so people could show their face and go meet random people and go in the 7-Eleven parking lot and pop your trunk. Yo, I got some pounds. Yo, do you want to shop with me right now? It's like, just, we literally broke that barrier and that stigma. Like, and that's what a lot of older people don't like about us is because they feel like we violated the G code in a sense. Like, no, it wasn't like that till you came around. We got the distros popping. I got the trap condos popping. I got the trap Airbnbs popping, mm-hmm. pop-up shops. I don't want to say I, I, I invented the trap shops, but, you know, I, I did help the trap shops grow and shit, you know. Right, definitely. So how, All my soldier boy shit. So let me ask you <laughs> this. If you're a young weed entrepreneur in California, like, what is the opportunity? Like, is it 
being the hand-to-hand man who's able to like connect with the people in the streets or the rappers or whatever and sell them shit or, or what would you say it's, is you, the opportunity? You just need to have a passion and you need to have a vertical niche. If you don't have a niche and a special skills, like if you can't roll donuts or you can't make vapes or you can't grow very small batch flavors or breed or do genetics, if you don't have a niche with this, you're really not going to get in this shit. Like mm. you're, it's done. Like you can, you can bud tend for 10, 20 years. You probably won't even get a job bud tending. It's usually just friends and family and close circle get co-signed people so for somebody getting the industry it's really tough you got to be co-signed like really co-signed there's been times where i was like i remember like back in the day 2018 2019 i was in the studio with like chief keith and all, all the glow gang guys and then the dude would pull up to the studio to sell them weed and these guys are the most obnoxiously fucking analytical customers of all time. They want to smell 18 different bags. They want to like feel them, see which one feels like it weighs more, et cetera. And I'm just like, holy shit, this, this weed dealer has the job from hell, but also a really, really nice hustle going here because these guys are buying a shitload of weed, even though it, to my eye, it kind of appeared that they were maybe trying to get one over on this guy. Tato, Tato running off with the bag. I, I mean, it felt like I love I, you, Tato. <laughs> it felt like that was kind of maybe a possibility, yeah. But, uh, I mean, being that dude who's just down to like, I, there's been a lot of guys like that, and I feel like you were kind of that guy at a certain point, and maybe still are, where it's like, it's really about being at the shows and the and the meet and greets and the yeah, events bro. and being on Melrose and whatever. And just Outside like all day. Connecting with the people. I like Desto Dub is that on a clothing Same level. Same here. Me and yeah. him are like brothers, bro. That's my dog. For sure. Yeah, like, but on another note, like, that's what it took. Every day being outside. My pop-ups have been open for literally a year and a half straight. Every single day we're open. We switch locations every day. Oh. I'm open in Chicago. I was Chicago. about to say, it's not much of a pop-up if it's open every day. Yeah. No, but it, it, we pop up in different areas. We right. could pop up over here. We could pop up in the valley, downtown. It's wherever we're at, you know? Definitely. Chicago, Atlanta, New York. So, okay, returning back to uh, the early days of the Snapchat thing. So you weren't worried about getting caught? Was that not even a thought in your mind? Like either by the government or just getting your Snapchat deleted? Just like from being in the system, my stepdad was also an attorney. So like growing up, like I knew kind of the law and shit. Like I was always like around kids that were always in situations. And I was always around like, I guess, motherfuckers that just were always paranoid, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yo, I can get away with this. You know, it's all theater in the mind. It's, it's like wrestling. You can believe what you want. You know, I can say this on Snapchat or show you this on Snapchat. It could be fake money. It could be fake weed. It's whatever you want to think of it. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Until the cops run up in your spot and you got a bunch of weed and money. That's maybe why the money and weed's not in my spot. <laughs> right. So it's like. <laughs> or maybe it's prop money and prop weed right. in the spot. <laughs> so you put out one image, but then, because, but uh, let's be real. You were actually doing this shit. So you were fucking. Well, like, no, I know, but <laughs> hold on. Hold on let, me, let me explain something to you, Adam. The minute my Snapchat started growing so fast and I got to like 10,000 viewers, I kept it a little bit kosher and I turned down a lot. So mm -hmm. my original Snap followers f that follow me, the first thousand to 10,000 people, they seen the hottest, most reckless shit. Right. After that, I was able to maneuver a different way. I didn't want to put all the shipping shit out there all day. You're right. I didn't want to put that shit out there all day. That was just like the come up just to really... Uh, get started mm. you can say but weed is like one of the main things that can get your instagram deleted these days too right i feel I like mean, bro, i've had lot. to pay for my ig to get back like 25 times bro i've got it back 25 times and you fucking haters out there i don't give a fuck about y'all i got my money's long i'll keep on paying to get that shit back bro i mean and i got people in ig too bro yeah i mean you probably don't want them to know that you're so down to pay to get it back right oh i don't want to say now they're gonna fucking extort me and you for our, <laughs> our pages go missing every day no but, but I'm, I'm just kidding no 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 i'm good i'm good but this bad. is a real 
problem in the weed I world. I had to say something. That yeah. Everybody from like uh, you know, I used to do shit with Bearwoods. They were getting their shit deleted all the time. Shout out Bearwoods. Yeah, a, a million other brands that have this problem. And it, 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 tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's competitors reporting each other oh, yeah, to try to like gain market share. Right? Yeah, the competition hates me. The legal market hates me. You can say I'm the most hated, but. I've done the most for the community, for other brands, for the custies, for everybody. Like I've done the absolute most and no one can deny that, you know? So I'm like a Trump figure. Like, you know, some people are going to love me. Some people are going to hate me. There's always going to be mixed views and mixed, mixed reviews about me. Mm. Yeah. Cause when you talk about like, we made it cool to be in the parking lot and showing the weed in your trunk or whatever. I mean, it's true that California in general just as time has gone by, like really kind of push the envelope of just being insanely flagrant with yeah, bro, showing we weed to. out in public. I'm, and I'm stuff. responsible for that. And, yeah. and I broke racial barriers too. A lot of people weren't dealing with other races and they were making issues about that. And we, we broke that barrier, bro, mm. for real. Like people don't even understand that. Like it's next level shit, like for real. Right. But you never felt like, oh, I'm just taking risks. You were felt like you were being more realistic about what the cops were actually going to do. I had to be a pioneer. I had to do what was working. I had to be disruptive. That's the only way I can build the brand. I had to be disruptive. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't disruptive, I would have been just another little eighth jar brand, like going to the little weed events. Hey man, check out my Skittles. I'm heady, bro. Like check it out, dude. <laughs> like I couldn't do that. I needed to take it to the top. I needed, I needed all the bread, bro. I needed all the money. I wanted to be always talked about. I wanted to be disruptive and it worked. My whole formula worked. Because that's like one. I manifested it, bro. That's you, one, one <laughs> crazy thing about the weed world is that almost everybody smokes weed. No, not almost everybody, but a huge percentage of young people especially smoke weed. But meanwhile, the hardcore weed community is kind of like this separate thing that is like really small in comparison, but then also has influence on what the average person is going to think about weed. But I feel like the average weed smoker doesn't really know almost anything about weed and isn't putting any kind of thought into all the stuff that the hardcore weed community kind of concerns themselves with. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic, like, like, th like the weed podcast world. I've, I've checked a lot of them out and stuff. Shout out to all of them. But when I look at the numbers, it always kind of surprises me. Like, damn, there's not that many people who are really dying to like learn that about the weed game and necessarily, unless you, you know, curate it to make it. Well, I'll break it down like this. Attractive. You got, you got 50% of people that's just weed is weed, whatever it is, they're smoking it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If it's a trailer park, to a condo, to a house, they don't give a fuck. They want to get away from their wife or they just want to smoke, you know? Then you have another 40% that's more concerned about quality, you know, and they want probably candy or something strong, you know, that's going to appetite them. And they probably want indoor or some full, full depth shit. Then you have like another like 8% that just wants high end indoor. Then you have a two per, one to 2% like heady boys that, you know, with the glass and the fucking $100,000 rigs and the hash rosin and the donuts. And, you know, they just want to talk shit all day. And just, you know, it's, it's mostly about social acceptance and peer validation. That's what they want. That dude going to the rappers or being in that situation with Chief Keith and them, he, he wanted that social acceptance, that peer validation. You know what I mean? Or he wanted a shout out. I remember back in like 2015 or 2014 or whenever, whenever the dabs really started coming out and there was like a caricature, like a, like a, a type of dude that you would just see at shows or at, at weed events, whatever, who had his wax and was just so fucking high and just taking the craziest dabs all the time. And I felt like that era spawned this like very specific type of dude who was way too high. 
Yeah, yeah, they're fried out their minds. The slab god, they got the, they got their mat, their damn mat, got their fucking expensive ass rig, got their temperature, their their tips, their little Q tip things, all that shit. Love them though. I love all that. Like I love that. You know, I'm, I don't I don't dab personally. Some dudes gave me a hot dab once, and I started puking like the Exorcist and shit. Like, and that uh, turned you off to it forever. I'll hit the puff call with my girl here and there and shit, but like I really I'm not a big dabber anymore. I'll tell you the truth. So what's your favorite way to get high? Just a joint, just a doobie, just a doobie. Uh, I like elements. I just like, you know, this nice chopper rolled up. You fuck with an edible from time to time? Just sometimes when I really want to knock out. Or yeah. maybe if I'm fucking with the flight. Maybe if I'm jumping on a flight and I really want to knock out, mm. I'll fuck with the edible. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Um, okay. But so have you ever attracted the attention of the law in any serious way? Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, our old studio, they left a note outside the, the studio. They're like, yo... This is suspicion of ca uh, cannabis activity, but they never did nothing, you know. So there was some type of, uh, you know, I guess you can say uh, acknowledgement from the law enforcement. But that's pretty much been it, bro. Like, obviously, you know, the police got more things to worry about, bro. It's just weed. It's just fucking weed, you guys. Like, trip out, you know. Trip out. It's just weed. The shit's going to be legal any day now. And they have bigger things to worry about. You know, I hope I motivate people to come out the closet and say, what do they say? Say it out loud, Adam. I sell weed. It's hard to read with, with the chains all over it. Oh, but. yeah, with the ice. My bad, bro. Let, yeah. me, let me move that real quick for y'all. I sell so, weed. <laughs> you know, we walk through the airport with this. They know me. TSA knows me. Like, they know me. Yo, what's up? Like, Cali Plug, what's up? Taking photos. I'm not even trying to brag about this shit. Like, right. whatever. Like, it's regular shit. They're humans like us. You know, I'm not out here to get caught, get busted, get beat up, get robbed. I'm not here for that, bro. I'm here to help the community, help the trap world, and put people in a position to win. And that's what the brand's been about since day one is just helping trappers out. Logistics, connecting with other trappers, and just getting money, bro. And do you feel like you can accomplish what you want to accomplish doing that on a one-to-one -one basis? Or is there a goal to, like, create, you know, repositories of information online to help people through their struggles in this realm? Well, yeah, we're going to get back on to more podcasts and more streaming and doing all that fun stuff on YouTube soon. You know, right now we've just been focused on the pop-ups, taking those international, but we'll be giving more people instructional stuff on what different scenarios could happen, what situations could happen, and giving people advice on different uh, particulars in the trap game. Definitely. So, but in this day and age, if you're shipping a pack and it gets caught, by the post office is like w what happens it just disappears or do the cops show up at the house that the address was on or whatever well you got to depend on where it's at like if it's a which state yeah if it's like mm. a real legal ass state like let's just say myrtle beach like south carolina like it, they could stem a whole investigation off that the, the detectives board or whatever the situation if the postman's involved if there's some a lot of fucking ghost dope shit's been sent there's been hella boxes sent like you know it's whatever it's whatever the police department wants to make of it bro right yeah. so you you said that billions have been made off of your snapchat yes. presence explain yes. and you still have the same account no i don't no i don't what bro. year did you lose it i lost it 19 2019 bro okay that was hard and but basically what happened was we started doing <laughs> promo, started doing promo on my Snapchat. I had homies come around. They're like, yo, Postman or Snap, Postman or Snap. I was like, okay, you're a character. You're funny, bro. You know, you're, you're kind of reckless too. So it's like, you know, it doesn't make me the, the crazy guy on Snap. So I, I'm like, yo, boom, post you, post you, posting everybody on my Snap. And I'm posting all these people. And by the time you know it, these people are getting rich in less than a week or two. Middle manning deals, sending packs, uh, opening distros up, doing TP, doing all types of shit. And basically, I started this whole trap promo industry that rappers are thriving off of right now. Everything you see on Instagram when a rap site, a rapper's like, oh, mm. shop with this distro. They got packs, lows, highs. Anytime you see a rapper doing that, I'm pretty much 
the seed to all that. You know, nobody was doing trap promos. I was the first one to start that lane. Mm. I probably made about anywhere from 20 to 50 million doing trap promos on Snapchat. I don't even want to know. I didn't say a number, okay? 50 million? Yeah, yeah, bro. There was a period of time people were giving me $20,000 and I was turning down $10,000 offers just to post. I mean, like, it was like one second, like, post, throw the phone, like, I was turning down 10 bands here and there, bro. But how do you know that you're not promoting someone who's a total scammer? Uh, That happens. That happens. You know, Mm -hmm. it's basically the end customer to decipher if they want to do business with a random person they meet on the internet. I cannot validate another man. I cannot micromanage another man. I don't know what they've been up to, who they are, where they come from. If they pay me that bread, I'm going to post them on my fucking shit. I don't give a fuck if it's LGBT or whatever it is, or if it's (laughs) this, it's Ukraine. I'm going to post the shit. I don't care, bro. No, I'm just saying I'm gonna post whatever it is. But they should. they should. They should. They do. Like, West, wait, we hold West Hollywood. But they have a gay themed. They got all that. They got everything. The they community. got everything. Mm, <laughs> that's smart. Um, but okay, so when I see Quando Rondo standing in his front yard, well, that's before he cut this federal drug case, I guess. But like when I see one of these rappers, I see YTB fat on my feet doing it a lot, and they're basically just saying like, "Yo, y'all need to shop with so and so." Free Quando too. Yeah, free free him. I'm a huge fan of him. But uh, you know. How much are these dudes getting paid, do you think, on average? And and, and what is it going to? Are Bro, these just, like, small operations? Yo, I'm not putting anybody's business out. <laughs> okay. But my man's just told me he paid little baby 250K for a trap promo on IG. For him to post that's it. What, that's what I heard, bro. You know what I mean? And I know motherfuckers eat it, bro. Motherfuckers killing it. Meek's killing it. All the hella, hella influencers are killing it. And I created that whole lane, bro. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Like, I am the reason for all that, bro. Even getting people over to Telegram. I don't want to say I was the first person on Telegram, mm-hmm. but I got 99% of people to post their menus and construct their conglomerate of followers on Telegram. I was the reason for that, too. So I'm not on Telegram. It's uh, Well, I have been on it a little Telegram's bit. Telegram's filthy, to, bro. Just to do, like, one-on-one chats with people, though. Like, how, what's the business on there? You start, like, a group or something? So basically— You get followers? So basically, everything started on Snapchat. It was called Snaptrap. That's what we called it. So I created Snaptrap. And basically, everybody would post their menu, what product they have, their shipping techniques or their repar of how to shop or— how to visit them or how to send money. People would post all the info on Snapchat and basically Snap got deleted. And after Snap got deleted, everybody had to go over to Telegram. So everybody's Snap starting getting deleted, like everybody's pages, because they just started turning up the monitoration on it. After Kylie went on uh, Snap or Twitter, she's like, this shit sucks. When they remember, <laughs> do you remember when they did the update on Snapchat? Yeah, yeah. It was the first update. Then they were going for their IPO or their offering or whatever the fuck it was, their stock shit. And basically, everyone's like, fuck this shit now. It's it's monitored. You post some weed on it, you're getting deleted. And people are losing all their memories from when they were 2012, 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18. And it hurt them from just posting a little bit of weed. And you can't send them an email. They don't have a 1-800 number. I actually went up to their headquarters in Santa Monica. My girl got her Instagram deleted, so I can't go back and look at our earliest conversation. Damn, bro. It's kind of a shame. Love man. to frame that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It probably wouldn't be too pretty anyway. Yeah. yeah. Shut up, so, bitch. <laughs> Get over it. here. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, so you went to, oh, to the Facebook I went to the, headquarters? I went, no, I went to the Snapchat headquarters okay. in Santa Monica, and I was about to act a nut. Like, it felt like my heart was taking out my chest. I'm like, <gasps> just drive me there right now. Just drive me there. I'm like, pull up. I go inside. I, like, finesse past one person. Like, what are you here for? I'm like, no, I'm coming upstairs. I will go upstairs. And they got this big-ass Uso Samoan security guard with a big-ass blammer on him. I'm like, 
fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do right now? Make a mess, break shit, start crying, get on my knees. They have that security guard because people like you show up probably yeah, pretty yeah. consistently. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> people like, I can imagine female influencers fucking losing their mind over their social media pages. That's yeah. their whole life. Oh, so, God. Yeah. you know, it was tough for me. And I, I seen that dude. And I was like, man, if I do some stupid shit, I'm definitely gonna get arrested and get my fucking, uh, get my ass whooped. And so I'm not gonna do it. Then I was thinking about maybe I should bring like 20 party buses of my homies and people got their pages deleted and protested their park lot and all do a fucking like handcuff thing and they shit just so we get some attention. I was like, nah, if I do that, I'm probably gonna get it. It's gonna get back to me worse. I'm like, I gotta settle with this. Boom, create another Snapchat, got my shit popping, got deleted again, deleted again, deleted again, deleted again. I probably got deleted about 35 times. Mm. So I just got off it. So the whole weed community kind of just connects on Telegram? Yeah, you can say Telegram is definitely the number one outlet for showcasing your menu. It's whatever community. You go to Barcelona, Germany, they got their whole menus on there. K, Molly, whatever the fuck you want. And I'm not saying anything that's already been said. It's all public information, bro. Like, mm. is, you, you go overseas, they're going to be like, yo, follow my Telegram right now. You even have, they'll be like scan things on, on corners and shit. Just scan it. You know what I mean? And Telegram is like encrypted so the cops can't get to it? Or I don't what? know, bro. I don't know anything about Telegram on as far as the encryption side goes, but as far as posting my cannabis menu and my products without being deleted, which I've already been deleted on Telegram too, mm -hmm. just so you know that. But that's what I use Telegram for, just to post my products on my flower because I cannot post on Instagram. Well, I don't want to post on Instagram, so I use Telegram to post my flower pictures. That's all. How direct can you be on Instagram, though? Because obviously you're trying to guide people to different things, but it's, it's difficult, right? Yeah, you know, you got to code words and be smart and strategic the way you converse to your following of your people. Okay, so compare and contrast yourself to another famous weed entrepreneur, but a dude like Burner, who obviously through cookies has created like one of the biggest weed brands and everything. But I feel like he's done it on like a very corporate level. And with you, I feel like you kind of have a different angle on shit where you're a little bit more in the streets. I don't know what the fuck Burner's doing, but it seems like, you know, it, it, I'm just using him as an example. Like, it feels like you've kind of always tried to stay a little bit closer to, to the, the underground yeah. side of things, right? Yeah, bro. We're true to the streets. Uh, shout out Burner. Definitely a legend. Created an amazing legacy. Master delegator, too. Uh, he took he chose the corporate route, you know. I'm still serving people. I'm still in South Central, downtown every day. I'm still in Chirac, South Side, West Side, Englewood, serving people every day, outside every day. Mm. But Burner's definitely been an inspiration, and uh, I love it when people compare us. You know, it's like dope. It's dope. However, you know, it's a little tough for him because he's got a lot of stuff going on. So for him to really do due diligence on what's going in his bags and procure the product going in his bags. And it just kind of got fucked for him. Like when he jumped the whole rec market, he wanted to scale up so fast. And then the weed in the bag started like people wasn't fucking with it. So the first London pound cake that came out, the Gary Payton that came out, remember the Gary Payton mm -hmm. that dropped yeah. the cereal milk. That shit was amazing, bro. It was some of the best weed, man. They hit it out the park, but it was just hard to keep up consistently with the volume and the demand his brand had. And it kind of backfired on him. And Burner, I'm here to help you. You want I'll quality control. I'll I'll intern for you, bro. I'll go intern for you for a whole year. Go to the grow every day. I'll help out with the whole packaging and all that, bro. I'm a good person like that, bro. Because okay, yeah, somebody like me, I always kind of wonder how much of the equation is the weed just actually being incredible versus the packaging and the marketing because brands nowadays just put such an insane amount of effort into the marketing side of things. Yeah, like all the corporate brands that like scaled up so fast. It just, it went, it went bad for them. So I'm so real happy. I'm really happy that I'm still true to the streets. And it's like, I'm, st I've bro, I've turned down a hundred million dollar offers. No cap. Like go all the way legal, hand my brand over. I'm just going to be the face. I'm like, yo, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do it. You know, Why? 
because I've been able to be successful independent where I can strategically do what I want to upon federal legalization when it goes federal, then I'll figure out what I want to do and what states I want to operate in and how I can micromanage certain procurement within the brand. You know, a lot of the brands went down like Jungle Boys. Their shit sucks now. No, no disrespect to them. Their shit was fire at Chalice 2017. It's just that mass commercial, like trying to grow shit. It doesn't, it doesn't go right for any of these brands, bro. Connected to like connected was fire. When the black bags came, people love connected. And then they just went super wreck and the shit ended up sucking, man. I'm I'm not saying anything bad, bro. Like any other stoner you can bring on here, you can bring a thousand stoners. They're going to say the same thing as me, bro. Like, so I'm just speaking the truth and I love these brands and I look up to all these brands. So don't think anything disrespectful, you know? But so what is it because they just get so big that they kind of lose sight of the quality or is it because I've, I, I know from talking to certain growers and stuff that there's different things that you have to do in order to grow legal weed. And some of them are things that the growers really don't appreciate. Yeah, man. It's definitely the nutrients. Uh, this Athena shit is disgusting. They put that Athena in the weed. It takes out all the terps and it just it makes the weed taste like cardboard and they do it for maximum yield. And plus they get in these new facilities and it takes like two years to get dialed in to get your genetics right. So they have to put this product out to market and they might have to brand it because they have the sales and the product isn't the standard that the consumer wants. They want a better product. Mm. So that's that's it. It's basic as that, bro. So how much do you focus on the marketing and the, the packaging and whatnot versus the, the actual product? Like if you had to guess, what's the ratio? 50-50, 60-40? Bro, I'm hands-on with everything. All my vendors, all my bags, I'm breaking all the nugs open. I'm watching my packaging team. I'm really hands-on, bro. Okay. I'm really hands-on with this. Like, I'm super passionate about it, bro. Like, I do not play, bro. I went to a weed event maybe a, a year ago for some Gary V shit, and it was like, A, you weren't allowed to smoke weed in the place. So that was kind of weird. That's the corporate fuck rec market. It was downtown. It was very weird to be in a yeah. fucking weed show where it's there the was fuck legal market. no weed. Yeah. No weed visible, really, at all, almost. Yeah, that's, that's a legal event. That's a legal weed event. <laughs> yeah. And, and the branding for the vast majority of the brands was like, you know, it looked like tech companies. There was, there was very little tie-dye, no, no yeah. mushroom cartoons and big pot leaves and shit like that. It was just everything looks so clean cut. And for me, as somebody who's been smoking weed forever, but also like not super closely paying attention to what's going on in the industry and shit like that. That was very weird. But do you feel like those brands are getting traction? Cause I feel like I don't hear anybody talk about anything besides shit like runts and jokes up and all, all that kind of shit. That's actually like really connected to the culture. Yeah. Shout out runs, shout outs, jokes up. Definitely. Uh, LB's an inspiration too. what he's done has been insane. And Ray yeah. Bama, what they've done is insane. Like they, they took this shit to the world, bro. Uh-huh. But at the same time, yeah, the rec market is just corny, bro. There's no swag. There's no culture. It's just people stamping a cherry lemons or runts and a new sticker, putting a new bag, re-rocking it, and it's just the same shit, giving it to a rapper, an influencer. And the customer can kind of see through that. And the customer just wants a very, very quality control product at a great price point. So if an eighth is $60 in the store, it's already fucked up. An eighth shouldn't be more than 20 bucks straight Sometimes up. Sometimes more. It's like people tell me it's like 70, $80 eighths yeah. in, the, in the weed but store. But that's right? just, well, in LA, that's just the Europeans and the, the, the overseas customers and mm. the older people that aren't educated to the market. You know, they're going to get fucked going to the dispensary. The dispensary is just a level of convenience. But does do those brands have to charge that much because there's so much taxes tacked on by the government? Okay, and one thing you have to understand is that the SOPs and all these grows and all these distribution and brands, they grow it, it dries, trims, whatever, cures, boom, they get it, bag it up, goes into quarantine, cold-ass room, then it goes into the truck, then it goes to another distribution center, then it goes to a retail. Retail's got in the back room, then they put it on the shelves, 
it probably doesn't get to consumer to three, four, five weeks. Weed is a perishable item. It's like, it's like an orange or an avocado, bro. That shit's going to go bad, bro. So if shit's been sitting in a jar for three, four weeks, bro. You open that shit up. It smells like musty Gorilla Glue. It might be a, a flavor that wasn't supposed to smell like musty Gorilla Glue and shit. Mm. So a lot of people on the rec market get bad experiences. Like, And I always push for fresh, freshness, man. I always give the consumer the freshest product. So we package in the morning. We serve at night. Same routine. So... They, the consumer can just see that obviously we have the freshest product, you know. Okay. It's, it's tough on the legal market, though. You tell me, what what is it uh, about what Young LB does that has made him so successful multiple times in a row? I mean, bro was just a genius. And, you know, he had access to all the Bay Area genetics. He had a lot of ties to the Bay Area. He had a lot of relationships with the rappers. Definitely Burner and the uh, the Cookie Boys, too. and. Mm. Raise a genius, man. They're they're ill, bro. They're, they're ill, bro. They're right up there with me, bro. Okay, yeah, I could tell they're doing something right, but sometimes it's hard for me to understand. Like, holy shit, just like, the how are, branding how are you and to... the, the IP deals and the collaborations and just staying active, doing events, doing sessions, going across the country, being at the Rolling Louds, being at the concerts, being backstage. Same shit I'm doing, bro. Being out there and with the people is a massively underrated thing. Yeah, they they didn't have the best experience on the rec market too, and went a little funny with them too on the rec market. Mm. You know what I mean? Interesting. Interesting. So we, you were using the dark web at one point or what's the state of I, that? I killed the dark web. I literally killed that shit. Like I'm, I'm the reason that I annihilated the dark web. I took billions out of the dark web, bro. Really? Like straight up. Like, yeah, I made people show their face on Instagram, Snapchat, and Telegram and I killed the dark web. The dark web is when you want to buy body parts or some weird shit or ugh, I right. don't want to talk about Normally it. Normally like, it's used for much more serious things, right? Nah, maybe overseas it's used, but if you want anything now, you can get that shit on Telegram or your next door neighbor's got it. You don't have to go to... We literally got people from the dark web over to Telegram. Really? So you feel like the the government is just like a lot less concerned with recreational drugs like this, so it's just not even that big a deal anymore? I mean, mushrooms are going legal, I think, Colorado, Colorado. Right. They they fucking just legalize mushrooms, so that's, you go see mushrooms everywhere. We actually got our own mushroom brand, too. So if weed becomes federally legal tomorrow, what changes in the game? What, what happens? I think people just get more loose and more reckless till they start enforcing it or create some type of commission or enforcement agency. Then people will step back. Just kind of the mm. same thing with alcohol and tobacco. People don't grow tobacco in their backyard. Right. People don't brew wine or pruno or lightning in their basement. Right. Maybe some hillbillies do. You think <laughs> weed will get to that point where the idea of buying it on the black market is just laughed at? Oh, man, that's going to be a weird one. Because once these big tobacco companies come in, like the next five years, they'll be able to crash the market and start selling Ace for $1, ounces for $5, lose money for 20 years, put that in their whole statements or IPOs, their POSs, and then basically they can start, I guess, risk, uh, raising the uh, price the Eighth or the ounce or whatever they want to do. Do you so, think that the, the prices will really plummet like that? They're already going to. You just said show. Eighth for $1. Yeah. That has to be an exaggeration, 100%, 100%, right? 100%, bro. Oklahoma, it cost them... 10 bucks to grow an outdoor pound, uh -huh. $10 to grow an outdoor pound, bro. That's less than dollar and eighth, bro. And also the weed that's going to produce in Colombia and Mexico, people don't realize this shit, man. They got greenhouses in Colombia. They got greenhouses in Mexico. All that shit's about to come over here. Once there's interstate world commerce that we can do, do this with this country and this with this country, it's going to be an import export game, bro. Mm. And Colombia definitely has lower wages and I don't want to say better workers, but they have a hardworking, you know, Mexico does too. And all the other Latin American countries, you know, how did you, you said you killed weed maps or dealt well, a I don't want to say, I, don't want to to say I, I kill weed maps or anything. Weed maps is definitely a great uh, website to locate rec dispensaries. But at the end of the day, we got a lot of people over to our promo platform. Like at one point, all you could pay was high times or weed maps, high times to get their magazine or their festivals or their email blast or weed maps to get placed on their platform 
Now I created a whole nother platform as far as my Snapchat and my Telegram page where I can promote these independent trappers. Mm. And the thing was, Weed Maps stopped posting shops that weren't legal for a minute. They were posting all the black market trap, trap shops, all this shit. And then they stopped. They're like, yo, we're only posting legal shops now. Mm -hmm. And so all these people had to get shouted out and get promo and get to the rappers and get, get away from, uh, I guess you can say get away from Weed Maps, you know, because they got kicked off. But I don't want to say I killed Weed Maps, but I definitely siphoned a lot of money out of their marketing platform. And, you know, I don't really see that many people using it, you know. I remember talking to somebody from Weed Maps at one point and kind of realizing that their business model was basically like a fucking extortion ring. That they're like charging these insane prices to these shops in order for them to get business. And I was just, I, I may, maybe it was, extortion ring's not fair. But it just struck me as like, it seemed like a very weird business model that did not seem meant to last. It's fading away slowly, but there's some cities and states that really like the platform and really, really like Weed Maps. But at the end of the day, I don't really use it. I've never given them a dollar, so there's always been kind of weird energy. I don't know if they're how corporate or whoever it is up there, motherfucker. But it's always been weird energy with them. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um. All right. So you sent through this list of like a bunch of good talking points that I would have never thought of otherwise. Um. The Mylar bags. You were one of the first people to bring that to the table. If not the first brand, you know, probably with cookies. I know Sure Money, a couple of other brands had had the sticker Mylar's going. We had to, boom, just put the sticker on the Mylar, get it out there. So I was probably one of the first bands to really brand on the Mylar. Okay. Yeah. And how do you feel about the, the vape pens and the carts and whatnot? Well, we helped configure that whole market, too. There was the vape rush, then there was the vape depression. Like, the news and media in February of 2020 was pushing a whole a whole agenda and propaganda about, about the vapes killing people and the vitamin D and vitamin E or what vitamin E, my bad. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, <laughs> but they're pushing that. I don't know if you remember for about a month, right before the pandemic hit, they were just talking about the vapes, 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 vapes every day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we were pushing a lot of vapes on our telegram page and on our Snapchat. We were the first ones to introduce $10 full gram vapes. Mm. We literally created the, I created the vape rush. Like people made hundreds of millions of dollars selling vapes pretty much because of me. Is that market, like what, what's up with that market now? And like, people especially on the black market. People like disposables. They like two gram disposable nows. The one gram disposables aren't really cracking. People still fuck with Stizzy. You know, actually Stizzy was in the news today too. Shit was crazy, bro. For what? Well, you can just search the article, but apparently the owner, man, they were saying some shit about him owning a bunch of trap shops. I don't know, bro. I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just saying what the LA Times said. And this bro, bro got some super M's. So he definitely doesn't like that shit. Being wow. out there like that. Oh, shit, sure, that's crazy. So yeah. what's up with this uh, Sesh movie? Sesh movie is our independent movie that we paid for, me and my bro Drew and my other production partners too. We got Eric Roberts, Miguel Nunez from Joanna Man and Street Fighter. We got Debo, R.I.P. Tiny Lester. Uh, we got hella Jamie Kennedy, Malibu's Most Wanted. We got a crazy Fredo Star. Oh, we got a Federal Star. We got a whole cast of A-list actors. We have the best weed movie that's ever came out. I want you tonight to watch the Sesh movie on Amazon. I wish that I knew about this. Holy shit. Yeah, you're going to love it. And you can check the trailer out on YouTube. Just type in Sesh movie on YouTube. But I want you to watch the movie tonight. And it explains everything going on. It's just we, all about the weed culture in general? Bro, listen. I filmed this shit five years ago and it's the same shit going on today. You're going to be like, damn, it's everything you just talked about, bro. Uh -huh. Yeah, people oh, love the movie, shit. though. I got to check that got out. Got Sesh movie 2 coming. Framing Day. We got a couple more movies coming, too. What was the, the root of your feud with High Times? Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. Basically, what happened was I was on these private jets, so that was pretty much how the brand amplified again. 
was getting on Jet Smarter. It was a private jet club. You remember it, Jet Smarter, or no? Uh, I remember. Yeah, I remember hearing about it. Well, yeah. they have similar stuff now, right? Yeah, they have like Arrow and other programs too. But basically, Jet Smarter helped me bubble up big time. So I'd get on these private jets. I paid eight thousand to get on this Jet Smarter club, and I would just book jets all day, jump on the jets. I'd wait for everybody to get off the jet, and I'd be like, "Yo, Chicago, I'm out here today. How many pounds do you guys need? <laughs> Yo, I flooded the whole the whole private jets filled with pounds and shit." And I would just paint this illusion, theater mm. of the mind, the art of perception, even though a lot of OGs, a lot of my big dogs and my big homies didn't like that shit. Mm. And there's people that don't fuck with me to this day just because of me playing games and having fun and creating controversy. They hated that shit, bro. They still hate that shit. They saw it like snitching? Nah, not that. Like, I'm giving out the game. Like, okay, the movie Blow, they brought pounds on the plane. Like, it, it, who cares what's inside my suitcase? Let me have fun. Let me do me. Wrestling is wrestling real or fake. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's like that, bro. It's kind of funny because that's what all the rappers do. They yeah. sort of like paint this picture for you that they're yeah. a killer yeah. or whatever. Meanwhile, they're like hoping you Plies, don't. Look at Plies, bro. <laughs> Plies went to medical school and he was so good at talking to the streets and like he was amazing poet, bro. He's amazing with that shit. Right. Yeah, and it was all, I don't want to say it was all cat, but it was basically a life I guess he wasn't living. Okay. and so No then, disrespect to Plies. I love Plies. And too. so high, high Times took aim at you because of the private jet? No, shit, no. Or? I was on the private jet with the owner, Adam, at the time. And me and him were boys, bro. It was all cool. And I'm like, yo, let's do this Harvest Festival. We'll do a Harvest Cup. I had these ideas. I, I wanted to do festivals at the time. I'm like, yo, I can bring all the trappers out. There'll be thousands of pounds moving. We'll make so much money. We could charge everybody for booths and get rappers and everybody performing and get some bands. It's going to be dope. He's like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, I'm not fucking with it. I'm like, ah, damn, bro. He's like, yeah, hit me up in a couple of weeks and shit. So one day I get an email. It says, oh, here's your sponsorship deck for the Harvest Cup. And I'm like, hold on. I call the, call the reps up. I'm like, yo, bro, this was my concept and this was my idea, bro. Like, I want, I want to be a partner on this. They're like, nah, we'll give you a discounted booth, though, if you can sell tickets and we'll give you a ticket link. And I'm like, yo, put me on the phone with Adam or Matt. They were the owners at the time. And Basically, I started going fucking crazy, and I started posting hella shit on the internet, which at the time I regret doing. You know, I should have handled it outside the internet, you know, and then other companies were going through it with them. Kushdoc, Dr. K was going through it with them. Other brands were going through it with uh, High Times. They finessed. They did all types of crooked shit. So I, nobody fucks with High Times anymore, you know. I'd love to help them rebuild their company, too. High Times, I'm willing to intern for you guys, too. That being said, uh, I love the brand, but basically what happened was one day we were doing a pop-up in Hollywood, and we got raided. Mm. And it's actually on YouTube. It's called the Hollywood Raid, Cali Plug Raid and shit. And we got raided on Hollywood Boulevard. It was hot boys as fuck. It was a, an illegal raid. They just ran in, stole our weed, put us all in handcuffs. There was literally 100 people inside. Crazy thing was Swifty Blue was there. You know Swifty Blue? Great man. I hope he's doing all right too. But he was actually at that pop-up too that day. Okay. So that's crazy. He, had, he got arrested? He got arrested too. And they put a gun charge on him and it wasn't even his gun. Somebody threw a gun on the floor. And I wish Swifty could come here and tell you the story. And Swifty's such a G, though. I'm telling you, like, he wasn't even sweating. I'm like, bro, they just, they're giving you this gun case. He's like, nah, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, he three been, days later. He been doing this. Three, yo, been doing this. <laughs> three days later, they threw out the case. Really? Yeah. That's crazy because, yeah, I'm thinking that is, that's the first thing I thought of is like, damn, if you raid a random fucking weed smoke session, you probably they go do, find man. a whole bunch of guns. Yeah, the crooked ass cops, man, they hit that shit. They take all that shit, man. They fucking go resell that, give it to their little cousins and brothers. So you never got the weed back? I never got the weed back. Damn. Yeah, I never got the weed back. I it's probably lost hurt. like 20, 30 pounds. It wasn't even that much at the time. 20, 30 pounds. We were first doing $5 grams, so we'd have lines down the street. That's how I first disrupted the seshes. Mm -hmm. I came in the seshes. I was like, oh, you can just do a sesh without 
You can get a table at high times without having a permit or this. Oh, you need a seller's permit. You need this. Prop 215. It was all bullshit. And I'm like, oh, I got my table set up. And we got a tablecloth. And the tablecloth said United States Cali Club, like the postal logo. Mm -hmm. So it was real disruptive because people seen the postal logo. And then I had all my friends, all my workers and team dressed up as postmen. Mm -hmm. So it'd be like me, Ty, Drew, Nubs, a couple of my other boys. We'd all dress up like postmen, and people loved it. They loved the gimmick. And the first day we opened at 420 Nurses in Canoga, shout out to 420 Nurses in Canoga. Second time was at Secret Sesh. The first couple of times we opened, we had a line, ah, first days. And the, the animosity, the jealousy, the envy, the hate was already there. Mm. But people seemed we were helping the Custies. And I was losing money. I was buying pounds for 21, 22, losing money, selling $5 grams. I didn't care. I just wanted to fucking disrupt and have a, a sharehold at the sessions. And, you know, and then from there, I, I segmented to do my own pop-ups. Mm. It was crazy because I had lines and people come one gram, one gram, one gram, one gram. And there'd be people in line hostile. They're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So I'm like, you know what? I'm prepackaging everything now. And half ounces, ounces, bro. I'm done with the fucking grams, bro. Yeah. Lost, lost some custies, but still they, uh, they elevated with us a lot of the custies. Selling grams. Like what the fuck are you yeah, doing bro. with your life if you're buying a gram at a time? Well, that's why right now I only sell zips now. I only do zips. Yeah. I usually do hundred dollar zips or they go up a little bit depending on what city I'm in. But we always got the best price and best quality, hands down. No one's fucking with us. Right. Okay. So what happened with Big Chief? Well, basically, MJ, you know MJ, too. Yeah. Uh, and I hate even bringing it up and giving you this type of promotion, but he's really a piece of shit fraud, <laughs> and I'm going to break it down to you, bro. And AD and the whole fig guys, your old, your old workers, employees that don't like you or whatever, no disrespect to them, but they don't know he's a fraud, too. So basically, MJ was my bud tender. My baby shower, he was managing one of my warehouses, it was like the only time my guard was down, it was during my baby shower, my warehouse got raided. So I didn't even put that on MJ enough, but it, the energy was weird. The energy was weird. Keep in mind, MJ was living in a studio apartment with like five people and he was working a job at CVS. He didn't even tell me he was working a job at CVS just to make his dad happy or some shit. And basically what happened was the spot got hit. Boom. I took a loss, probably like 200 bands. I wasn't tripping, but it was during the baby shower, bro. I was like, fuck, right, whatever. So I started pushing MJ away slowly and slowly and slowly. I'm like, bro, I can't, I can't fuck with y'all, bro. I took an L with y'all. And I already took a couple L's with him before that. So what, you thought that he was somehow responsible? I, I can't prove it, but at the same time, it was like, it doesn't make a difference. You were, you were responsible for the location and got hit, and I, the energy's on you now. Hmm. And the thing is, he's made way more money than that. That's like a little L to him, you know what I mean? Okay. So basically what happened was he had my Instagram page on his phone. He changed the name on the Instagram page to Big Chief Extracts. So their Instagram page is actually the Cali Plug Instagram page. Wow. Isn't that fucked up? So their whole base is from my followers. Like everything's from me. All his logistics and games, everything's from me. And he wouldn't even look me in the eyes, bro. And yeah. I still got love for him, you know. But at the end of the day, if you want to address it, address it. They're a huge company. They made hundreds of millions of dollars. I engineered the partnership of the CEOs, the guys that got together. I got pushed out, didn't make a dollar. I don't care, bro. Why did they tripping. push you out? Well, I didn't get pushed out. I just didn't fuck with them, bro. I'm like, yo, I don't fuck with y'all. Y'all some frauds, bro. Uh -huh. And that was it. Damn. But I mean, I should have received some type of residuals or something off uh, engineering the partnership of the company. And, you know, he can't deny this, bro. Wow. Yeah, none that's, of this. Bro. That's crazy. And they don't even this. know this. The guy's all wearing their chains. They don't even know this shit. You know what I mean? A lot of big chains. And he can chains. pull up any time, too. He knows where I'm at. How come I never got a big chief chain? Because you weren't, you were Cali plugging it the whole time, fam. Hey. <laughs> weed, <laughs> I didn't weed even wars, know it. <laughs> weed wars. But nobody, nobody smokes their shit or uses their shit anyways. It's just a whole scam, bro. Damn, now big chief's yeah. going to have to fire back. 
No, they're, they can't, bro. They don't even got a voice. They can't even come here. You don't think? Don't even stop. Next no, one, next one. Next one, right. next one. They, next they one. don't need to come I, here. Getting, they got their boys over yeah, there. No, they're getting too much promotion now, bro. But they okay. now you know that chain you're wearing, it's a fraud behind that chain, just so they know, okay? Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I look forward to Let's, seeing how this dialogue proceeds. Yeah, I hope it does, bro. I hope it does proceed. Uh, so you had a dog kidnapped? You posted them. You reposted them. You remember? Right, I remember and I really, this, yeah. And I really appreciate that from my heart. I want to tell you thank you for doing that. A dog kidnapping was just more too much for me to bear. Well, basically, we had an event going at my old studio, and my dog random out, randomly walked outside because I left and went and followed me like the little Frenchie is. I am actually want to bring him in in a second and introduce him to everyone, if you, if you don't mind. He's on all my bags. He's been on over a million bags. He's probably the most famous French bulldog in the world, to tell you the truth. He's got the most clout. Wow. Maybe not on IG, but in the streets. They love him. He's the box dog. <laughs> basically, some, some fools picked him up, bro. Some fools picked him up outside, snatched him, and we started posting that everywhere, all posters, flyers, Instagram. I got an LED truck driving around. Mm. I got all these leads. Everybody telling these leads. A week goes by, two weeks go by. Having big people like you post and weed brands, weed brands that hated me posting. Like people like, yo, I feel you, man. I feel your pain. I couldn't even pursue with my life. I needed to get him back. I'm like, yo, I need to get him back. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get him back. Put it at 10 bands. I upped it to 20 bands. Boom. Some guy calls us, some, some Paisa uh, old school dude calls us. He's like, hey, I think I found your dog. And then boom, he sends a video. I'm like, oh, I was like, that's, that's Cheeto. That's Cheeto. We got to get him back. They're like, yo, yo, okay, cool. We, we yeah, come through, come through, come through. And I have my biker homies at the time. My biker homies are like, yo, we're just going to snatch him back for you. Shout out to my commerce boys. I ain't got to say no more, bro. They're in like a biker gang. I can't even say nothing more, bro. They go get pissed at me, bro. <laughs> but I like biker that. gangs are scary Yeah, fun. yeah, I can't even say anymore. But yeah. shout out all my homies, you know what I mean, riding. I'm trying to get more into that world. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk to more bikers. Yeah. <laughs> so basically all my biker homies are like, no, we're going to snatch him back for you. Call this dude up. Bro comes up here. Bro, bro's a cholo all tatted up. He's like, yo, this is your dog. I was like, I thought your uncle had the dog. Nah, he's like, nah, here's the dog, man. I'm like, well, here's 10 bands. Boom, I gave him the 10 racks. I didn't give him 20, though. No, I gave him 10. And there was a little girl with them. The little girl was like, Cheeto, no, no. I'm like, this is my dog. So I'm like, five, six-year-old girl, I'm like, this is my dog. I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, no, no. Like, the, this little girl fell in love with my dog. So it kind of felt bad even taking away from her. But I'm like, this is my dog, you know, and that was it. And so was fortunate to get the dog back and I still got him and I'll bring him in before the interview's over. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. Have, have that dog make his way over here. So you were, uh, you were actually filming or doing some kind of collab with Draco the day he passed? No, basically we had it set up for like a whole year. Like right when he got out, the second day Draco got out, they had a little party at my studio and shit. Everybody came, everybody was shooting dice and shit. It was the whole Oh, here we got Cheeto here, too. Uh, you just let him off his... Uh, Q, you yeah. can just let him off his... Cheeto, right come now. say hi before we get into some uh, sort of dark conversation yeah, here. Yeah, wow. Cheeto, Cheeto's definitely a legend, How do you bro. pick him up? Yeah, yeah, I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him. Holy shit. That was fast. Wow. This is the box dog right here, bro. OG Cheeto, right here. huh? Eight years OG. Yeah, you see him? Good vibes, good vibes. Nothing but good vibes. That's a GB right there. Yeah. That's a good boy. <laughs> good boy. You said GD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Chi-Town fam. No. The GBs in the no. <laughs> What's up, buddy? You want to sit there? You can't sit there if you're going to be acting all crazy. <laughs> He's not neutered? Yeah, you got a big ball sack sticking out the back. Yeah. So, yeah, I was telling you, we got, we got Cheeto back. And that was definitely a power move. And then... Um, the Draco thing. So yeah. basically, we had to collab, put it all together with Stink Team and Draco. And he was at my warehouse the day before it happened. And he was at an event like a week before, like Rolling Loud, or he was in San Bernardino a week before that. So they invited me to go to that event when the altercation happened. 
And I didn't really want to be outside like that. It was cold and it was just too much. And I didn't want to like have to bring a cameraman, security, a driver. It was just like too much logistics for me at the time. Yeah. And I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, damn, like he's been on the internet, you know, going at it with people. Like, could something happen to him there? Like it went through my head that morning. I'm not going to lie. I hate putting it out there like this. It was going through my head. I'm like, could something happen to Drake? I'm like, nah, they got security. The venue's legit. And then boom, it happened. And then. That was it. And then me and Ralphie linked up. We put the collab out. People loved the bags. People loved us collabing. People loved the events. We did the skate competition. We did the Skid Row donation drive. I've done 10 Skid Row smokeouts. That's our nonprofit, Give Back. And I, we, we help out, man. We give back. So you give back to the homeless by getting them high? Giving them roaches, shakes, smalls, whatever bud we got left over. Getting roaches? them off opiates. Just getting them off opiates, bro. Joints, pre-rolls, whatever we have. Whatever motherfuckers have, just Here's give it away. Here's a one roach. Stop doing bro. Zans. No, just whatever, bro. Whatever. Getting them off fentanyl, get them off opiates, helping them out. They need support. They need people around. They need good energy. Right. Sometimes they might, sometimes there might be homeless people in Skid Row that just lost their marbles. You know what I mean? There might not be a drug addict and they not, might not be a criminal. They just lost their marbles. Right. It just happens. You know but that mean? is a kind of an interesting question because like, would you encourage the average person who's never smoked weed to start smoking weed? Do you think that the the benefit is net positive? You know, I would encourage them to try it. You know, definitely yeah. sample with everything. Try everything that you want to do in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I was interviewing this rapper, 4Extra. Not a rapper, actually. He's just a gangster. But 4Extra. Uh, I think he raps too, bro. <laughs> no, he, he actually just dropped one verse on yeah. something. So, yeah, I guess he is kind of a rapper. But I'd say he's still primarily a gangster. Um, but he, he told me that he's never tried drinking or smoking. And I was so shocked just because... Think about how popular it seems. Like, think about how everyone you fucking know is drinking and or and smoking. I was just like, that's incredible to me that you never were even tempted to try it. But, you know, they're out there. Some people are just militant or they want to have control over their mind or they've had a family member that's got a little cuckoo off some substances, so they don't want to go down that route. Yeah. And they want to be fully in control of their mind and what's going on. Yeah. I mean, considering how many people I know have serious drug problems, I was like, well, yeah, alcohol is a huge problem in Chicago, man. I'm, I'm in Chicago every week and they're just all these guys in suits, all these dudes just fucking drinking, just fucking getting shit faced. And alcoholism is an issue like that. Yeah. The fucking shit's a real issue. What are you doing in Chicago every week? We got pop ups going on every week in Chicago and we got pop ups in Detroit going on too. We're to be in Albany, Albany, like probably in about two weeks. They love us in Albany. They love us back in Mass too, back in your hometown. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's Lowell. Dope. They love us in Lowell. Lowell, where I went to college. Yeah. They love us in Lowell. UMass bro. Lowell. Shout out Fox Hall. Yeah. They love us the out there, bro. Dormitory where I, yeah. I was suspended from for fighting my roommate because it happens, bro. he uh, screamed the N word at the computer while he was playing Call of Duty. Damn. Y'all tripped. That caused us to get into a, a brawl. Shit, that was an interesting chapter in my life. I, I was actually, I was in. I think I deleted the YouTube about that, the the video <laughs> about that story. Like I deleted it at one point. It's out there though. Yeah, I was actually into BMX and skating too. You know, oh. back in the days, you know, nice. I loved all that shit. Up. Yeah, definitely. I miss it. Sitting here on my ass all day, fucking, yeah. kind of miss being on my bike, cruising around the city. Yes. Yeah. Vibe. You should put a little. You should put a little ramp contest or a rail contest and like the waterway that you did that one day. Remember, oh, I wanted yeah, I wanted to jump on that fuck. with you. Yeah, we can do that again, bro. Yeah, I'll put some bread up, a couple bands for a competition, and some pounds. Throw a couple pounds in a shit. That was sick because we thought they were going to install all these rails and that they were going to just like get left there by the city or whatever, and that people would be able to keep going back there and riding. And the fucking city ripped it all out the next day. Yeah, they knew it was a spot. They're like, oh, this, this is too popping. If we knew that was going to happen, we would have took it out the fucking ground so we could like install it in some other place or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but that is what I want to do. It's just fucking, it's tough putting that together. Oh, yeah, man. Have people welding shit into the ground at six in the morning and shit. 
one day we can do that, bro. We can put a dope-ass BMX park together, bro. Well, I respect your dedication to the grind and really, like, being on the turf with the people because that's definitely a specific skill to really be outside and just constantly. Every day, bro. Like, Every day. Building a brand off of that is, like, kind of particularly impressive to me because that's through YouTube I don't really have to do that as much, although I definitely like with the store and stuff, I was def definitely touching the people a lot. But with YouTube and, and social media, you kind of feel like you can just make shit and then hundreds of thousands, millions of people will see it and then that's it. Your, your job is done. But I like when I see people like you and Dub, et cetera, who are kind of like really out there making sure that they are engaging, bro, yeah. engaging and being real with the people, being true with the people and true to the streets. There's a million weed brands out now. There's it's just like rappers. There's a million aspiring weed brands just re-rocking some lemon cherries or doing whatever the fuck they're doing. And they're all doing the same shit. They're not doing anything different. And obviously you can see my shit's different, bro. Like I push for doing exactly what they're not doing. So whatever these guys are doing, I want to do exactly what they're not doing. You hear me? I want to do your dog exact, on the back. I just realized that's opposite. the same dog I just met. And you got the scratch on the back. Why don't you scratch off the back? See where it says scratch here on the back? The right side, bottom right? Yeah. Why don't you scratch it off line camera? See what you see what you want. See if you want a million dollars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's it say, bro? Free pre-roll. We got more than a few of those right here. <laughs> <laughs> I got you laced up. Amazing, dude. Um, man, these are all gifts for you too, bro. Oh, this I is appreciate our it, man. This, this is, is our seven beautiful. seven day tray. This is proprietary. No one's no one's got that besides us. Four grams for seven days, seven different strains. You get to try all our flavors. This is our Young Money collab, little Wayne collab bag we did with, right, with Wheezy. Okay. How do Two you do flavors. That? Like, how do you get fucking little Wayne to sign on the dotted line? Shout out to my bro Manchester, Juggalot, Juggalot Security, bro. He plugged this all up. He knows the whole Young Money camp. I'm like, let's go, bro. Oh, wow. I fuck with little Wayne. Wayne loves the bags and shit. We laced them up. We had, the, we had this out like last year. I just want to show everybody this is fire, man. Right. Shout out to Young Money. How do you evade the copyright police because I'm looking at like Nilla wafers nerds bro, like bro, holy bro, shit bro. red it, vines how do you get away with this shit because we're in the streets bro if yeah. we're in the legal market we'd probably have to change the names or the logos but it's like whatever it's what our customers want somebody was telling yeah, me about they, Skittles they, or some shit getting sued yeah they're all getting sued all these motherfuckers are getting sued really, that every is, one of them every one of them like, it's all happening now yeah wow but you're not stressed yeah I got zero dollars in my bank account so <laughs> good luck suing me <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I don't even got a bank account, bro. Uh, yeah, no cap, bro. I'm sure you're going to. I'm a real trapper for life, I mean, baby. they'll shut you down right away, right? Yeah, bro. I got shut down at Chevy. I got shut down at the Chase. I got shut down at the Eddie Safe. I got shut. I got Citibank. All that shit, bro. I've got been shut down in all the banks, bro. So how do you do it as a lifelong trapper? Bro, it's eventually getting legitimate. That's that's the goal here. You know, don't say my, I'm like black market forever, black market lives forever. Like, I'm a motherfucker want to get legitimate and right. buy houses and buy legit shit. But, but you haven't I, been able to buy houses? Bro, in LA, it's tough to get a crib, bro. It's tough. You know what I mean? Because you got to really be able to prove where that income came Not from. Not just or? that, bro. It's just a whole like just as far as your taxes, obviously. The right property, you know, properties are expensive, bro. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. I you, would not buy a house right now. I would fucking, like, for sure, if I was... Not to get into your personal information, did yeah. you buy your house? Yeah, Congrats, but we bro. did it, like, five years ago when the interest rates were super low. And yeah. I was looking at this fucking calculator showing me what my mortgage would be if I bought it, like, like if I got the interest rates that yeah, are doing now. You packs. It would be, like, unmanageable. <laughs> like, I would have had to, like, like we, we, we could have done it, but it would have been fucked. Like so much, yeah. Like talking, you, you would have had to hit Figueroa. Yo, I don't know <laughs> what the fuck. With you. No, but I, I, I would just, I would just rent, like, because renting, like, is underrated. You oh yeah, rent people, a spot. The no, fucking but, landlord has to fix all the shit, bro. All the kids got their priorities fucked up out here, but the renting is the way to go out in, in some senses. But obviously, you want to have. 
You want to have ownership, bro. And you know what the problem is, is that 99% of people are YOLO. They don't give a fuck out here. You know, so this whole 35 and under demographic, we're all renting in SoCal and LA County. We're all in fuck situations. You know, we can't get out of these renter situations. So where are you keeping the bread at? I'm keeping the bread at Sunset and Highland right there at Crazy Girls. That's where all my bread's at. So <laughs> everybody want to pass on the Cali plug. I'm just fucking You're with you. I'm not to put the energy. Pass on a 50 ball. You spend a lot of time at Crazy Girls? I used to be at Crazy Girls even before it got popping. I was telling them, I was like, yo, you guys got to get all the get all the big booty chicks over here. They mm. used to be like rocker bitches back in the day. It used to be like, really? yeah. I don't, crazy I'm not girls, a strip club guy. You think crazy I'm missing girls out? And, yo, Crazy Girls and Body Shop. And there were some weird girls at Crazy Girls back in the day. I'm a suspect. Shim, I don't. What do you want to say, bro? I don't want to say nothing more, bro. Wait, but so you don't spend time at strip clubs in general now, or do you? No, I, f- I fuck with all the titty bars just here and there when it's fun. Like when it's fun to go out and it's it's an event and we're having a good time. It's like, oh, wait, what, what, what is there doing tonight? There's nothing to do. Let's, let's go fucking make a mess and bless these bitches. Bro. See, that's the real dedication to networking and shit. Is if you're down to just like hit the strip club every night just so you can be around all the other ballers. If you want to go tonight, we'll go throw a five ball, a ten ball tonight. You want to go fuck up one of the titty bars if you're down, bro. You it, can it, bring your girl out, your homies. It's almost shit. nine p.m. You know, I'm done. I'm going home smoking another joint watching a YouTube video or two to prepare for tomorrow's interviews and going to bed so I can wake up and work out at 7.30 in the morning. As you should, dude. You're focused, and I respect that. Having that routine and that dedication is definitely going to pay off, brother. You, are you like that too, though, or are you waking up late and It's a little tough. I got food? two daughters, man. I'm a family man, bro. Yeah. I'm a family man, and I got my girl, and it's a lot to deal with. How old? Our daughters are two and a half and four and a half. I'm mm. just, my daughter's probably the same age as yours. Mine's like, three, yeah. They should go kick it one day, bro. Oh, that'd be great. Be baby plugs. <laughs> like, how wh- how are you going to explain the weed to them one day? Well, they, they anytime they see something, like, Cali plug, Cali plug, Cali plug. His they, kids call the weed the, the stinky green popcorn. No, she. I she, thought that was the funniest shit. Rotten popcorn. Rotten popcorn. Uh, <laughs> my daughter, like, calls it smoky like oh that's mommy smoky that's mommy smoky i don't really be smoking around the kids yeah you know? i don't i don't have any weed but my girl she likes dab and the hash rosin and all that heady shit so. my kid walks into the back house and smells it sometimes and i can just see her face like what the fuck is that yeah 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 she knows what's up if you smell that you know that some people are having a good time they're yeah. doing grown-up shit yeah totally sorry kid um <laughs> okay so what what's the future for for cali plug and for the weed game in general what, what do the people need to be looking forward to well definitely we're always going to deliver the freshest product the best price and we want to help we want to empower other brands and entrepreneurs we want to build and help the community like people can paint the picture of me or my brand oh yeah i'm balling oh the maybach or whatever the fuck you want to do i don't care but at the end of the day it's like yo i want to be known as a person that really helped and was a pioneer here obviously i'm the breakdown king i've broke down the most weed ever guaranteed no one's even came close to me no dispensary brand anything has came close to me breaking it down like with your hands i'm talking about breaking down pounds like oh, okay. to zips <laughs> breaking down <laughs> breaking down weed too you know what i was mean? thinking that's a weird thing to no, brag no, about no, you're basically no, a bud tender no, breaking down is just weighing out zips okay. or weighing out halves or whatever you're weighing eighths whatever the fuck you're weighing out okay so yeah like, so how do the people shop with you well we're open every single day you just the 310-919-8371 i'm just kidding no text that number right now 310-919-8371 i'm mike jones hit me on the low remember mike jones i do it's the fucking shit hit me on ig bro i answer my dms i'm not bougie i'm not superstar like these other guys like i really will serve you up i really will come to your city we'll get it popping we'll set up shop there's no bullshit or cap in my game like i'm a real pioneer oh i sell weed big fucking deal bro i sell fucking weed big fucking deal this shit's gonna be so normal in a couple years people are gonna be laughing at this and the people that weren't pioneers like me are obviously like you know but there's only so many weed brands that got a face to it Mm. there's a million weed brands but there's only so many that have a face to their brand remember that so i respect you saying that you'll pull up you'll serve somebody whatever how do you avoid getting robbed well 
It's just logistically, I'm going to only go with what I want to do. And what's demonstrated doesn't need to be explained. So I'm definitely only going to participate in something that I think is smart and strategic. Right. And I'm going to feel somebody out if I get the right vibes. Then we're going to execute commerce and we're going to engage in a trade and we're going to make the deal happen responsibly. You keep a shooter with you? Uh, man, I hate even con- condemning that or getting into violence or anything, but... You know, when you're a big motherfucking deal, your risk costs fucking two, three hundred, and your fucking next another half million, you know, all that. You got pounds of it. You got to keep shooters with you. Got to keep some solid. That's a thousand dollar watch. That's this uh, Audemars skeleton. I don't know anything about watches, so it's totally foreign to me. Yeah, Let me bro. See this. Let me imagine. That's two. During the pandemic, that was three. You oh. hear me? During the pandemic, that was three. Nice pandemic, the prices were fucked up. Other way. Uh, other way. Other way. Oh, other way. Can, no, other 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 side, bro. Other, other side. No, do it from the other side. You were doing it from, you started from, yeah, that side, that side, brother. Oh, now I'm seeing Yeah, push it. it in, push it in. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be. <laughs> now, that's you right there, man. You got that brick on you. We, we can imagine it. It doesn't yeah, bro. Cool. I'm Holy not even, shit. I'm not even trying to realize brag. how much shit is going on in this thing. It's like a fucking tiny little world. Holy fuck. Yeah, bro. Dude, that's insane. I can yeah, understand. During, the, during the pandemic, when all like the pound this. prices were up and shit, that shit was up. All the watches, cars, everything was really expensive. All the EDD scammers, and now all these dudes are fucking broke, bro. Really? Yeah, all them EDD scammers and PPP dudes are fucked, bro. <laughs> fucking broke, <laughs> They all get locked up or what? They're just all in stupid situations. Whatever, man. They're all fucking broke, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's never a benefit of scamming or doing shit the wrong way. You do right, right things will happen to you. Karma is definitely real so obviously you don't want to, that to happen to you you know if oh yeah i'm getting it from a government institution you're making somebody's life harder bro you mm. know no disrespect to my scammers y'all get money too but obviously you know you're broke now yeah scamming is not something i want to endorse yeah i don't like i don't want to say i don't want to talk shit about the tj guy or the other rappers and shit like but them promoting it to the youth the, the, they can the problem with the youth now is they think they can get money e-commerce or on YouTube or get money really quick or they can just scam or finesse. And the work ethic from Americans is getting taken out. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now there's a bunch of people coming from different countries about to really put their work ethic in and be but in that position. To be fair, a lot of people, like even young people, they kind of do the math and they look at how much they could earn by getting an entry-level job or and it's very depressing. And then they look at how much they could earn going to college for four years and getting a job and that's also depressing. And it ne- like in most parts of America, this just does not lead to home ownership or you having enough money to like, you know, be able to take vacations and raise a bunch of kids and stuff. And to a lot of people, it's just that future looks so depressing that they're willing to go do something illegal to yeah, try to yeah. avoid that reality uh and then also like you do have something like youtube where it's like could you make money on it yes if you're in the top one percent point zero one percent of people that have the kind of personality that can maintain a very large audience it's definitely not for everybody the youth the biggest fear is a job like that's the biggest fear having a boss at a job it's whatever they manifest they're on this simulation of life whatever you want to make it if you want to go to college and do that if you have a passion for this if your parents are pushing you to do this or you want to do this it's you're going to make it whatever you want to make it mm. it's your choice it's your life it's your story you can change whatever you want to change now we're in a free country and we're very blessed to be here and we're all alive so we got to make the most of it definitely that's so a fact the youth des- definitely needs the right direction though and you I want to push them into trapping the right way. <laughs> Trap with me. Trap or die. I, I gotta get. I gotta get Bill Clinton on the the, the thing with me or right. Ross Perot or somebody. <laughs> Trapaholics. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man, this is this has been a good one. I'm looking forward to smoking all this this weed. Yeah, bro. I got you a whole goodie bag. Got you the dually. 
two flavors. Crazy. Boom, I got you the seven, the seven it, track CD. I got you a zip, famous Cheeto bag. Got you a grinder. I got you all the goodies, bro. Anytime you need flavors, I'll have somebody pull up on you. You got an unlimited gas pass with Cali Plug. I'm going to get you a black card, a Cali Plug black card. Anytime Whoa. you need flavors, I got you. So you have the unlimited gas pass. Not that many people got it. Or you can just pull up to the pop-up. I think you should, you know what? I think you should blog one day, come to the pop-up, come through these trap distros downtown and really see some shit. Fuck Vice. I'm going to bring you through the whole, I'm going to give you a whole tour, bring you downtown, this, that, Boyd Street, some trap condos. At you know Circa. about the downtown trap scene? A little bit. A little bit. Sounds yeah, fun. Sounds no, exciting. No, you go come to my pop-ups and motherfuckers going to go crazy. People love you. Bro. I always want to see some organized crime. Well, nah, bro. <laughs> Bro, why'd you no, have to real, say that? No, but for real, I do. Like, bro. I always want to. No, it's very thrilling. I like going to no, the projects. We're, we're, they're not doing we're much We're medically crime. providing the right uh, prescription for our people. I don't know. We're your friend. Let me you put the terminology out. Yeah. It's like, no, it sounds fun though. Fuck, why'd you have to put it like that? No, I'm just know, kidding. Was, <laughs> that's what I do here. Uh, oh, I'm a man. fed. Um, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for your time, everybody. Shop with Cali Plug. Tune in. To support all his brands and everything that he got going on. And uh, probably just hitting him up on Instagram is the easiest way to. Bro, just literally DM me right now. Anybody who's lost contact with me, DM me at Cali, C A L I. It's four letter IP, it's my word. Or DM me at Cali Plug. Adam, I appreciate over the years everything you've done. Keep doing what you're doing. Anytime you want me on the show, anytime you need some flavors, tap in. I definitely support No Jumper and your brand. Let's do some fun shit. Let's have a, let's have a fun future, bro. Let's do it, man. I appreciate no, you so much. Cali Plug, let's get Thank it. Thank you. Cali Plug. Adam22, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram. No, like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com. If you want to support, smoke weed every day. Let's go.